This is a Voice in the Wilderness podcast channel. This is, if you're in the States, a really early morning edition. If you're overseas, it's the middle of the afternoon and you probably just got off of work. Wherever you're at, thank you for tuning in and I hope you find this very um Edifying. Thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. Today's topic is going to be the importance of purity of your soul and the purity of your intentions. Um, sorry, guys. Um, the purity of your intentions and the purity of your soul when um, seeking closer union with our Lord and His Blessed Mother. But first, the prayer. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. All that I am, all that I have, and all that I do shall be consecrated to the service, honor, and glory. and an exaltation of the Immaculate Heart of Mary, the Sacred Heart of Jesus, and the Heavenly Kingdom. In Jesus' name I pray, Immaculate Heart of Mary, please pray for us. Sacred Heart of Jesus, please pray for us. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Ghost, Amen. I apologize, guys. Uh, just uh, try to be patient. So, the topic at hand, and it was something that, um, it was an inspiration that hit me not too long ago, and when I say not too long ago, I'm talking about like within the past, the, the, the germ of the topic uh, was yesterday, and within like the past hour, um, how I was going to approach it. Um, inspired me so to my long term listeners um, you may be familiar with um, the theme one of the themes of this podcast is, is uh, the spiritual the spiritual life spiritual combat what have you for my newer listeners, um, if you're just if this is the first episode you're listening to, um, go ahead and listen, and if it edifies you or at least it plants a uh, interest in you, um, just listen to my other episodes. I've got two podcast channels. They are in the podcast description on whatever platform you're listening to. If they are not, please let me know and I will try to point you in the right direction. Here we go. So, a lot of people are... Let me go back. To my long-term listeners, I always hammer home mortifications and the aspect I hammer home the most is how that mortifications get you more and more detached from the things of the world if you're eating less you're you're less attached to food if you're uh, if you give up alcohol, and I'm not saying getting drunk, I'm just saying have the social drink or drink before going to bed. If you give that up as, as a mortification, then um, you're less, you're less uh, I don't want to say dependent because that's not what I'm looking for, but you're, you're, you're less attached to the alcohol. Let's just say you like a good scotch. You're less, you're less attached to the scotch or the beer or the wine. If you give up video games, same thing. 
whatever whatever it is that you give up for the love of God, I hammer home that this helps detach you from the world, which turns your attention to where it should be, our Lord and His Blessed Mother. But there's another aspect of this to mortifications. In addition to detaching us from the world and bringing us closer union to our Blessed Mother and our Lord, it helps purify your prayers. One of the reasons for mortifications is, is that, and I've mentioned this in previous episodes, one of the reasons for mortifications is that um, there's a lot of junk inside of our soul. And even true Catholics who are pious and devout um, unless they're actual unknown saints, because we don't have a magisterium right now, there's a lot of stuff in their soul that's going on that they're unaware of. Only the saints are truly aware of the things that are going on in their soul. And part of that is uh, holy wisdom. Not only can they see the things that people cannot see about themselves or the world around them, they can see stuff that to a normal person wouldn't be evident. And so when you, when you do the mortifications, when you give up lawful things for the love of God, it helps purify your intentions because as you grow spiritually, the things that are deep down inside your soul that you need cleared out, you can take it to our Lord and His Blessed Mother. And they're going to help you to remove that roadblock. And it helps you advance spiritually in the spiritual life. Now, I mentioned purity of intentions. Purity of intentions is also important in that it strengthens your prayers. What do I mean by this? What I mean by this is... The more you grow spiritually, the stronger you your prayers get. And this is why the saints, never mind the fact that, you know, there are recorded, uh, pre-Vatican II Council, there are recorded miracles of the saints where people... The, the saint would touch them, they would touch their clothing or whatever, and they would get a, a miracle right on the spot. But their prayers in and of themselves. I believe there are stories of uh, Padre Pio where he was getting deluged with prayer requests. His prayers were so effective. And not just Padre Pio. One of the reasons, well, let, let, me, let me back up a minute. Um, when I joined the Vatican II sect, and I was in the RIC, RICA program, um, you have to pick a patron saint. That's one of the few things that the Vatican II sect has not corrupted about the real Catholic Church. And we were like, I want to say a couple of weeks, maybe three weeks out from getting confirmed. Because the Vatican II sect accepted my Protestant baptism, which it's not supposed to do. Anyhow, my, my priest handed me 
or what I should say is, is the very pious and devout wannabe Catholic handed me a book of saints, and he said, find a saint, because you need to have a patron saint. And I came to the story of St. Therese, you, you of the Vatican II sect will know her as St. Therese of Lisieux. Um, those of you who are uh, set of a contest will know her as St. Therese of the Infant Jesus. But she's very popular in the Vatican II sect. Now, being the ignoramus that I was, I didn't realize that until after I got confirmed. I was literally deluged on the internet with, you know, the cult of uh, St. Therese of Lisieux. And by the way, she is a real saint. But the story that struck me, the story about her that literally made me pick her as my patron saint was there's a story about her where there was a condemned criminal who was going to go to the guillotine in France now this is uh, in, in the late 1800s the French were still using the guillotine as late as the 1940s and for those of you who don't know what a guillotine is, it's an instrument where they put your head in some stocks. There's a huge, sharp blade at the top that's weighted at the top of the blade so that when they release the blade, it falls down and slices off your head. How humane, huh? But... Nobody could get him to make his peace with God. I don't remember the particulars of this particular criminal, if he had led a particularly hard life, it had led him to a life of crime, or if he was just a hardened criminal. In the end, it doesn't matter. His, his relatives couldn't get him to do it. The prison chaplain could not do it. Because at that time, France was more or less Catholic, nobody could get it, get him to do it. And somebody, and I don't remember who it was, and for the purposes of the story, it doesn't matter, brought the case to St. Therese. And so she started praying for him on the spot. Well, up until literally up until they were going to take him to the guillotine, he had refused. And at the moment when the prison guards came to the door, he frantically told them, get, get the chaplain, get the chaplain. I need to confess. I need to confess. He confessed completely and was absolved and went to his death a um, redeemed man in God's eyes. And I figured if St. Therese could help a hardened criminal who despised God and everything he stood for in his church, I could use a saint like that in my corner. And I think it was a good choice Wrong church, but good choice. But I got a feeling she helped get me out of there too. Her and the Blessed Mother. Um, that's the power of a saint's prayer. Now, a pious and devout Catholic, are not, their prayers are not going to have the power of, say, a St. Therese of Lisieux or a Padre Pio or a uh, St. Alphonsus Liguri, a um, 
St. John Capistrano, Joan of Arc, they're saints. They're God's friends. You listen to your friends more than a secondary acquaintance who you're friendly with, but they're not close to you. That's why the saints are called friends of God. But I can't stress this enough. Your prayers have more power with our Lord and our Blessed Mother, the more spiritually purified you get, and by extension, your intentions. Now, I don't want to discourage anybody who may be new to my podcast who might think, well, man, I've been, you know, I've, I've been out there in the world, you know, my purse aren't going to have any effect. That's that's not Catholic teach. Uh, what I should say is that's not pre-Vatican II Catholic teaching. When you start off, as long as you are honest and sincere, even, and I can't stress this enough, even if you might have some doubts, let's just say you're agnostic or atheist, but you realize that something needs to change and you want to to give Sedevacantism a shot, pre-Vatican II Catholicism a shot, and but you got your doubts. You you know, you're you're new, you're raw, and you uh you have doubts. And Here's another, real fast, another misnomer I want to, or not misnomer, misconception I want to disabuse people of. Everybody have has doubts at one time or the other. The only people who don't have doubts, once again, are the saints, because the saints are purified completely. They have they're so spiritually united with our Lord and His Blessed Mother that as far as they're concerned, everything is in their hands and there's nothing to worry about. But to a person who's new to this, is growing, they're going to have doubts. So having doubts is not a sin and it's nothing wrong with that. It's... I hate to use the word, but it's it's a natural human reaction to trying something new. But if you go to our Lord and his blessed mother, and for the most part, you're honest and sincere, Notice I didn't say your intentions are pure because until you become a saint, your intentions will never be fully purified. That's the purpose of the spiritual life, to nutshell it for you. That's exactly the purpose of the spiritual life. Is, is to purify your intentions so that, once again, your, your prayers become stronger. Now, um, when, not to make this too personal, because it's a tradition, uh, a pre-Vatican II Council teaching that if you're in a spiritual life, you're not supposed to talk about the details. But I started out, and for my new listeners, I I started out as a pagan, became a Protestant, went from a Protestant to Vatican II, and now I'm a Sedevacantist or a pre-Vatican II Council Catholic. But... I believe 
that it was my honesty and sincerity with God that got my foot in the door. And by the way, this, this was when I was in Protestant. My prayers. And I want to encourage Protestants, if you're thinking about taking, and it, once again, honesty and sincerity is the key. If you decide that Protestantism isn't the answer, that what I'm talking about sounds intriguing, your honesty and sincerity when you first start out is what's going to help you get your foot in the door. Because God is our maker and he knows us on an individual, as I've often said, molecular level. And since he's God, he knew you'd be doing this. So, just pray with honesty and sincerity. I can't stress it enough. Him, he will do the rest and his blessed mother will do the rest. And this does not take away what I've told Protestants in the past. If you got an issue with the Blessed Mother, you need to ask for help with that. Because you literally have to have a relationship with this Blessed Mother in order to become pious and devout and by extension get into heaven. But anyway, um, I, I believe it was the honesty of my intentions or, yeah, my, well, my, I'll say the honesty and sincerity of my prayers. Because honestly speaking, the way I even became a Protestant was, was something bad happened to a loved one. And I made a rash uh, promise to God that if he would help that loved one, I would, um, I would, you know, I would start going to church and I would worship him and serve him as best as I could. And I'm, I meant every word of it. Now, as for the rest of my promise, because I promised to go to church all the time, you know, every Sunday, um, because I didn't realize what I was promising, I didn't realize, I was literally in a state of panic, I did not realize that I'd made a rash promise. And as a matter of fact, in, in the three or four years I was a Protestant, I did not Actually, it wasn't until last summer when I got serious about my Catholicism that I realized about rash promises. Even though I'd read about Martin Luther's rash promise to St. Anne that he would join a monastery if he got through a storm. It didn't, it didn't hit home until last year. Well, I'm going to take that back for the sake of honesty. There were times when the thought, or I'm, let me go back again. During my Protestantism, not that anyone ever taught it from the pulpit, or for that matter, when I was in the Vatican II sect about making rash judgments, our Lord and His Blessed Mother gave me the insight that I had made a rash judgment when I promised that I would go to church every Sunday. And that I needed to be a little more careful. But anyway, that's not the point of this, this story. 
my my point is is that God when I say God's not a lawyer he's not He's not a lawyer and he's not a drill sergeant and he's not an executioner waiting for you to screw up so he can kill you and send you to hell. That's another error of, uh, not error, heresy of Calvinism. It denies God's mercy and his love. For those of you who are interested on my thoughts on Calvinism, on the St. Longinus' podcast, uh, platform I've covered that particular issue um, two or three times I don't think I've covered it on this platform but there's there's a reason why I haven't on this platform and that's because I covered it three episodes at least on my original uh, podcast channel so I encourage you to give those a listen. Anyhow, God desires that all men be saved. But because we have free will, not everyone's going to be saved. And it's going to be of their own their own choice. Because it's a very natural thing if you do not have a conception of God and an understanding that you get too attached to the world. And that's why I talk about God and Satan are not abstractions. They're consequences if you deny God and Satan. And that's as simply as I can put it. There are consequences. Just like there's a consequence if you get in an argument in the street with a rando and you punch him in the nose there's going to be consequences spiritual and natural natural is you're going to go to jail spiritual well I hate to say this God is our father and anybody who's a parent knows when your kids well it depends on the person but a good parent punishes their kids when they uh, act up but the reason, and by the way, the purity, I'm sorry, the strength of your prayers doesn't just apply on your level. In other words, on a personal level. If you're praying, let's just say you have a lust problem, and you're praying about it, it doesn't just help with that. But on a personal level I'm talking about, as you start getting more pure and your intentions become more pure and your prayers become more strong, when you pray for people, a spouse, your kids, if you're married, if you're single, for a good friend, a best friend. Uh, and by the way, when you start growing in the spiritual life, you just don't pray for your loved ones, whether you like it or not. You also start having to pray for the people that you absolutely can't stand on a personal level. And in addition to that, you start praying for the world in general. For non-believers to believe. For the lukewarm to catch fire. And the, it's it, like anything in the spiritual life, it's in steps. You start first with yourself, then for loved ones, and then for people in general. Um... And you should pray for people in general. But without... And here's another... And by the way, for those of you who have not listened to the podcast, and I highly recommend that you do, Father Bernard Utley on the um, Norvis Ordo 
website did a um it's on Spotify and SoundCloud. Um he did some podcast episodes with Norvis Ordo Watch, which is a Sedvacantist organization about the spiritual life. He talks about this concept. As a matter of fact, he I think that I can honestly claim him through our Lord and His Blessed Mother, of course, as the catalyst for why I started doing this podcast. But he talks about how the concept of even even if you're new, even if you're new and you've got a lot of sin and you've got a lot of habitual sinful things that you do, um, God's still going to hear your prayers if you're honest and sincere. They're just, they're not going to be as effective at the beginning if you're diligent about it. And what I mean by diligent is, it's not, I said in an earlier podcast that it's attention to detail. Diligence is, it's attention to detail, but it's also, um, It's also what we say in America, stick to it, stick to itiveness, meaning you do it as often as you can. You keep doing it as often as you can till it just, like anything else, becomes a habit. Habitual. Thank you. Thank you, Mother Mary. It becomes habitual. And the more habitual it is to the point where you're doing it every day. And if you're really on the, the road to pious piousness and devoutness, you're gonna you 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 may do it several times a day. And what I mean by several times a day, I'm not saying that you if you're in the middle of work, that you you know take a half hour throughout the day and, and pray. Just short, quick little prayers. Short, quick little prayers throughout the day. Five, ten seconds. And for those of you who are unaware, I mentioned in an earlier episode about how in the Catholic prayer books, pre-Vatican II, of course, they talk about ejaculation prayers. Short uh, exclamationary prayers that take less than ten seconds to say. Uh, for those of you who find that humorous, just remember a lot of these prayers were written in the Victorian era and that was their expression for short, short uh, exclamatory prayers. They were just short. But, by the way, they don't have to be, if you work in an office or something, or if you work on a construction site, you know, um, Lord Jesus, have mercy on me, a sinner, you know, out loud. You don't, you can do it inside. Matter of fact, given today's climate and culture and society, it'd probably be a good idea that, to do the prayers inside your head. I can't stress that enough. But it's and a, and a lot of people even my co-religionists don't realize that even in the natural life they have habits. Let's just say you're a lukewarm set of a contest or pre-Vatican II Catholic and you like playing video games. And let's just say you work the morning shift. You, you're single. You work the morning shift. You work from 8 to 4. And when, as soon as you get home at 4 o'clock, you throw on your grubbies. You, you go to your computer or your video game console and you play video games. 
for however long you do. Hour, two hours, whatever. And it's a habit. Prayer, spiritual reading, the rosary, these are all habits. And by the way, um, for those of you who are new to my podcast, if you want the link to the um, Father Bernard Utley podcast on the spiritual life, drop me a line at listener mailbag. The, the, the email address is in one of my show notes. Oh, I'm sorry, not show notes, podcast notes. It's also in the show notes uh, on St. Long Genesis Baptism podcast. And it's time to wrap up because I think I covered what I wanted to cover. Let me make sure. Maybe I'll do a little bit on closer union with God, but I want to get this out here. Um, if you can have, and I'm addressing this to everyone, I don't care if you're a secularist, if you're a Protestant, if you're a Vatican II sect member or even set of a contest, if you've got habits in the natural life, why can't you have uh, spiritual habits? And while I'm on this topic, when I was in the Protestant sect, Once again, people being people, dependent on who you talk to, but most Protestants would say, well, in the Catholic Church, everything is ritualized. Everything is ritualized. It should be natural. It should be natural. I want to disabuse people of that horrible, horrible, ignorant notion. Nat, being natural, if you're trying to love God honestly and sincerely, is the exact thing you don't want to do. The Catholic Church, and I'm talking pre-Vatican II Council Catholic Church, has rituals for a reason. Because... If you have a ritual, and all, let, let, that's another thing too. Ritual is a loaded term. It's a loaded term made by anti-Catholics to get people prejudiced against Catholicism. I'm talking true Catholicism as a religion. All ritual means at the end of the day is um, a routine. In other words, prior to the Vatican II Council, you could go to any Mass throughout the world. You can go to Tokyo, a Mass in Tokyo. It'd be the same as the Mass in Rome, which would be the, the same Mass in London, which would be the same Mass in Chicago, which would be the same Mass in Rio de Janeiro, Peking, or for you guys, Beijing, um, or, or Mexico City. And that Mass was performed the same way. There were no deviations. And honestly, I'm going to speak for myself here. Oh, one more thing. But the word ritual... Like I said, it's, it's, it's a loaded term. And to those of you who are interested in Catholicism, who managed to get a little bit of spiritual wisdom, will realize that when people like Protestants or the, the uh, evangelical atheists talk about Catholicism, they'll use loaded terms. 
And what I mean by a loaded term is, is they will give a term that the meaning is approximate to what is actually going on, but it has a negative connotation attached to it. When most, and especially Protestants, most people, uh, Protestants hear the term ritual, they're thinking of witches. They're thinking of Satan worshipers. They're not thinking in the terms that it actually is. It's a routine. Your prayers, your devotions, even if you consider yourself a devout and pious Protestant, if you, if you, if you do your prayers and your devotions in a routine, that's a ritual, brah. It literally is a ritual. But anyway, myself, I, I got the inspiration a few months back that I needed to try to make my spiritual practices a ritual. Or for those of you, if that's too loaded of a term, a routine. To have a certain set of practices that I do at certain times throughout the day. And to try as best as I could to make it a habit. Now, because this, this is, you know, being a serious Catholic is new to me. I do have a certain routine, but sometimes I deviate due to self-indulgence. And the same thing, if, if you in, intend on trying this, is going to happen to you. But the reason I'm saying this is that um, as long as you're trying to make a routine the more you try to stick to the routine and the more you grow spiritually, number one, the easier it's going to keep to the routine. And as a matter of fact, the more you grow spiritually, you should find yourself adding to the routine. But that's a whole nother subject. Right now, I just want to give a broad outline of what I'm talking about here. Now there was one, ah, closer union with God and his blessed mother because I'm, I'm pre-Vatican II Catholic. That is part of being a pre-Vatican II Catholic. Um, there's an old Frank Sinatra song which they used as the opening theme to the to the TV show from the 90s, Married with Children. And the refrain goes, love and marriage, love and marriage. It's an institute you can't, oh, I'm sorry. Well, yeah, um, but the, 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 the catch line is you can't have one without the other. And by the way, it's a Frank Sinatra song. The same thing goes in true Catholicism. You can't have our Lord without his blessed mother. You can't have our blessed mother without the Lord. They go together. They are literally united. But that's kind of a, a theological concept that my advice, and that, oh, thank you, Mother Mary and Lord Jesus. Here's another bit of advice. In my last episode, I advised my listeners who's in who who wants to to attempt this, keep it simple. And what I mean by keep it simple, before you can wade into theology, you got to have a prayer life. 
you got to have a prayer life and you have to have some sort of spiritual reading. And because Catholicism, we'll talk about true Catholicism, is it's made for individuals. So it doesn't matter what kind of spiritual reading you pick. If it's readings from the, the out of the, the, the daily missile, and by the way, don't get the daily missile confused with the Vatican II daily missile. They confused... Or not, I'm sorry, not confused. They replaced the true Catholic Mass with a false one, a Protestantized one. My advice is, um, well, my advice is, is first, research, if you're non-Catholic, research Sedificantism. If the concept makes sense to you, if the concept intrigues you and you at least and you don't have to be a theologian or a canon lawyer if these concepts speak to you my advice is get yourself a pre-Vatican II catechism and start with that read that catechism and once again anybody with questions Hit me up on my, on the on the uh, my email address. I'll try to point you in the right direction. But read the Catechism, Pre-Vatican II Catechism, and um, start off with just the knowledge of the Catechism. Don't try to decide, well, I'm going to become set of a contest and then start jumping into canon law. Don't start jumping into deep theological concepts. Read your catechism, understand it, and once you understand it, start delving into other areas. Now, I said in a previous episode, I have four or five different social media outlets. And I I try to put as much material out there as I can. But let's just say, let's just say, you're a non-Catholic, you decide to become pre-Vatican II Catholic. You've read and understand, or I'm sorry, you've read and understood the the Catechism, whichever one you pick. There are several. And, but you don't know what kind of spiritual reading you should get. Um, if, you, if you start listening to some of my other podcast besides just one episode, I'm sorry, my other episodes besides one episode, I talk about different resources. But should anyone, I'm telling you, I'm, I'm looking for audience interaction. Contact me. I'll try to point you in the right direction. But... I talked about this in a previous episode. One of the things I love about pre-Vatican II Catholicism is you have freedom within the confines of uh, pre-Vatican II Catholicism uh, doctrine. But find something, some sort of spiritual reading that's going to help you advance spiritually. But the the purpose of the spiritual reading is to get you thinking less about less about the things that are going on in the world and more 
thinking more about our Lord and his blessed mother. You, you know, there's prayers. There's Well, you should always pray. You should always pray. But in addition to pray, oh, by the way, that's another thing too. If you're new, if you're absolutely raw, start off just praying. Just start off praying. And honestly speaking, you can't go wrong reading the Bible. Now, one of my criticisms from some of my co-religionists, not all, is that they're biblically ignorant. They're biblically ignorant. I've actually run onto that online. So, just do a little Bible reading. And once again, just like with my podcast, you know, the podcasts that run over an hour, I say it's an hour long. If you're unable to go for an hour, just break it up. Same thing with the Bible. If reading a chapter, and I can't stress enough, if you're going to read the Bible, read the New Testament first. Worry about the Old Testament. You don't need to be a Bible scholar. And by the way, the only Bible scholars are uh, either theologians or uh, Bible uh, biblical professors. You just need to be familiar about the concepts inside the Bible. But start with the New Testament. So, if you're going to start with the Bible. But you don't have to read a whole chapter. Read like a paragraph. You know, read five or ten verses. Leave it at that. And and after you do that, just think about what they talked about. And one other thing, if you're going to read the Bible, it is a matter of Catholic dogma. Try to get one with a commentary. Another error of the Protestant belief system is, is that because Martin Luther said, just pick up the Bible, read it, interpret it for yourself. We don't, you know, if you're going to be Catholic, they don't, you know, we don't do that. Try to get a Bible with a commentary. So, I think this is it. Good place to stop. I want to encourage people, my audience, if any of this, and by the way, if any of this is edifying, it's not through me, it's through our Lord and our Blessed Mother, or intriguing, I want to foster audience interaction. Now, obviously, because this is the interwebs, you know, um, I'm not a YouTuber. I'm not going to get together with the people, my regular listeners, and we're all going to sit around at a cafe, you know, getting drunk and swapping war stories. But I want to be helpful to people who are sincere and honest. You know, there are ways to contact me if, if you're serious. And I'm going to warn you, if, if you're not serious, if you're just listening because whatever reason, um, I, you know, I mean... When I say not serious, I'm not saying that, well, you're kind of intrigued, but you're not sure. Uh, To me, being intrigued but not sure, that's fine. When I say not serious, I'm talking about the type of person who listens to one episode and then moves on to the next thing. 
you know, um, those type of people I don't have time for. Uh, the, the 10 cent word for that kind of behavior is called the dilettante. And part of modern culture and society is there's a lot of dilettantes running around. So, but I'm not calling my audience dilettantes. I'm just saying, I want to help people who are genuinely interested in, in wanting to find out about this stuff. So I truly and gratefully thank you for your time and patience. This ran almost an hour and I pray for everyone and I would like to see as many people get to heaven as possible. But the whole purpose of this pod, both my podcasts and my social media is you can't, let me back up, unless God gives you or his blessed mother gives you a singular grace, you're not going to be able to recognize the graces they give you unless you're spiritually wise. So. Thank you for listening. I really do appreciate it. And uh, for those of you in the States, good morning. For those of you overseas, have a good night. Thank you for listening. A sincere and heartfelt God bless you. Have a good day. Bye-bye.